is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before thee near to the heart of God. There is a place of comfort sweet near to the heart of God, a place where we, our Savior, meet near to the heart of God. There is a place of full release near to the heart of God, a place where all is joy and peace near to the heart of God. folks, Richard, your Truth Ranger, back with you for another little podcast here. It's an old hymn. It's an old song. You've probably heard it before, maybe even sang it in church before. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. I kind of want to go into this because I want to share some things with you that I think we just don't hear enough of. We're living in a day and age when it seems as if our peace is being interrupted almost daily, maybe even hourly. It seems like confusion and chaos are the new norm. It seems as if everything about our lives is being challenged, and I mean governmental things, political things, even our church situations have been shut down altogether, been censored, been stifled one way or another, it seems as if there is no place of quiet rest. But is there? I want to talk to you today about something that religion hasn't taught. It's something that we haven't been shown, and we should have been, because we're facing some times, and we're going to face even more times of challenge, we'll say. Perhaps turmoil, perhaps tribulation. That's another matter for another podcast. But my point here is to ask the question about this little song. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God, is there such a place? Is there, or is it just a silly old song? I want to tell you today, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that there is such a place. And I think it's going to take probably a series of these little messages to convey it properly, because we haven't been taught the entire truth. We've been taught an outside-in situation. I'll try to develop that. It's a little confusing, I guess. Religious teaching has taught us all about what we must do to please God. It seems like you name the church, you name the denomination, you name the religion, whatever you want to call it, whatever name you want to put on it. They all have their variances, but invariably, they all have their own little rubber stamp they put on your forehead to tell you how you have to live. 
It's how you have to conduct yourself to be one of them. It's how you have to conform to their ideology, religious ideology, in order to be accepted by them. Okay, contrast that with this little song. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. Does that sound like we're talking about the same thing? Does that sound like religion? Let's go on with the song. There is a place of comfort, sweet, near to the heart of God, a place where we, our Savior, meet, near to the heart of God. Does that sound like a religious service of some kind? Does that sound like some ritual we go through once a week or twice a week or on holidays? Is that what that sounds like? I'm trying to explain. I'm trying to show there is that place of comfort sweet near to the heart of God. There is that place where we, our Savior, meet near to the heart of God. Okay. We have to understand what it means to be near to the heart of God. There would be religious practitioners and teachers who would try to explain to you the hoops you have to jump through to be near the heart of God. The performances you have to do, the things you have to do, maybe the money you have to give. Maybe you have to fall under their leadership. Maybe you have to pay your money to them. Whatever it is, maybe you have to join their organization. But there's always an if. There's always a requirement. There's always something from the outside that we're being taught that we have to do. We don't never quite measure up. We're never quite adequate in religious circles. But this little song is telling the truth. This is not religion. This is relationship. There is a place of comfort sweet near to the heart of God, a place where we, our Savior, meet. Near to the heart of God, is there such a place? Is this just a silly old song that I happen to love? Or is this the truth? Is this the experience we have in religion? Okay. We go to what we call church. We assemble together. We sing. We feel good. We feel the Holy Spirit. Some man or woman gets up on a platform at a level higher than us and tells us what we're doing wrong or what we need to do to please God. Is that what this song is about? I'm here to tell you that God is pleased with you. God is pleased with you. You have nothing to measure up to. You have no standard to achieve. That standard has been achieved. God is completely satisfied with you. I'll even say this. God the Father is madly, madly in love with you. Madly in love with you. If you've been taught less than that, then you've been taught a religious lie.
Is there a place of comfort, sweet? Okay, let's talk about this. Nearer to the heart of God. Where is the heart of God? Where is God? Where is the kingdom of God? I want to share with you something. The words of Jesus. Not the words of some guy on TV. But the words of Jesus. He said, don't look for the kingdom here. Or don't look for the kingdom of there. Over there. Don't listen when I tell you this is happening or that's happening. Because the kingdom of God is within you. Was Jesus telling the truth? Well, what does that mean? Well, the kingdom of God is within you, within us. Where does the king live? He lives in his kingdom. He resides there. We need to understand that we've been taught an incomplete gospel. It's not that it's totally wrong, but what's the old saying? Half of the truth is a lie. We have been taught that Jesus did not finish what he set out to do. That we still have something we have to do to complete his mission. When Jesus bled and died on the cross, he completed his mission. When he held out his arms and said it is finished, guess what? It was finished. I'm here to come against some of the religious lies that you've been told. I'm sorry if I'm starting to sound like a preacher here. Sometimes that happens. But I'm not the person who's here to tell you how bad you've been. I'm not the person here to tell you that every day's a Friday. I'm not here to tell you God wants to make you rich. I'm not here to tell you that you've done something in your past that God wants to punish you for. I'm here to tell you that God adores you. Your father loves you. He loves you with a love that you can't even comprehend. You can't even imagine. It is an unconditional love. Now, as soon as I said that, in some of your minds, there's this big what if thing comes up. But what about? But what about this? What about that? What about when I did this? What about when I failed him doing this? What, what, what about when I uh, didn't do what I should have done? What about when I brought, uh, I st stole some pencils at the office? What about when I did not live up to my commitment? What about all those things? Well, what about them? What about the prodigal son who left his home? took his father's wealth and squandered it all on wine and crazy wild women. What about him? What happened? Do you remember the story? Well, I do, because I was the man. The son comes home to the father and wants to be restored as a servant because he does not feel fit to be the son anymore. He doesn't feel as if he deserves the father's love anymore. But what happened? The father restored him, not as a servant, not as a servant, but as a what? As a son. As a son. See, the issue is not you. The issue is not me. The issue is not us. It's not about us earning our salvation. It's not about us 
earning God's favor. It's about us being represented on the cross. It's about us identifying with Christ. It's about us finding our true identity. You're not a servant. You're a son. You're a daughter. You were restored completely. Now, religion might have told you differently. And it may still be. You may still be tuned in to some religious talking heads or whatever who tell you, you've got to grow this out. You've got to cut that off. You've got to dress this way. You've got to act this way. You've got to get tattoos. You've got to get your tattoos removed. You've got to talk this way. You've got to walk this way. You've got to do all these things. It's all about you. As if you, as if you could save yourself. Here's what's funny. Here's what's really bizarre about religion. People who are indoctrinating you and others into religion will tell you all the things that you have to do in a legalistic way. But even if you did them, even if you did them, they could not save you. Because the only thing that has ever saved anyone was done by Jesus Christ on the cross. It was finished. And there is nothing, nothing, nothing. You, me, the religious talking heads, or anyone else can do to add to what Christ accomplished or take away from it. Am I getting a little carried away here? That happens sometimes. Please excuse me. But so many people have been so lied to. And now we're facing some times when we need some real faith. Not religious faith. We're coming to a time where we need some real faith. Because we're going to face some real tribulation. We're going to face some real challenge. And this little Sunday feel-good thing isn't going to be enough. We're going to have to have that special place near to the heart of God. Well, where is the heart of God? We have to unlearn some of this garbage we've been taught by religious talking heads. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit infilling us has been made into a religious cliché, almost like a drug that we go to the church house on Sunday so we can feel it. But that was never the purpose of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God, according to Jesus Christ, and I kind of believe him. I choose to believe Jesus Christ above any man, woman, or guru out there. I don't care who your favorite guru is today. I challenge you to dump everything they've been telling you and cling only to the words of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ said, the kingdom of God is within you, guess where it is? It's not in your church house. It's not in your doctrines. It's not in your rituals. It's not in the little prayers you repeat. It's not in your liturgical stuff that goes on. It's not in how many Hail Marys you can say. It's not. It's not in your speaking in tongues. It's not in your praising and jumping around. 
the kingdom of God is within you. That means that the king literally, and I want to stress that word, literally, not virtually, not some religious cliche, but the kingdom of God, the spirit of God, the father himself lives within you. He has a kingdom within you. It's not a cliche. It's not a little thing that you learn in Sunday school class. This is literal. This is not some little thing that we are taught to make us feel good. This is an actual living and indwelling in your life. There is actually a throne. There is actually a throne in every single believer, every single child of God has a throne and the kingdom within them and the king is on that throne. Now, is there a place of quiet rest? Yes, but it's not from the outside. See, here's something I want you to know. I've learned it a long time ago. Religion, man-made religion, and it's all man-made. Jesus created no religion. He didn't. You might think he created yours, but he didn't. Man-made religion always works from the outside of a person. Always works on the outside. Directing from the outside, trying to convince you to do this, to do that, to not do this, to not do that. But that's not God. That's not God. That gentleman or that woman sitting on that exalted platform in front of you every Sunday or Saturday or whenever you go, telling you how to live is not God. God came as a man and he dealt with people just like us, not perfect people. My Bible tells me that he said he came to heal the sick, not the well. My God is not some man or some woman on an exalted platform, raising above me, looking down at me, telling me what a low life I am. He's not. My Father is my King, and He's seated in His kingdom on His throne. Where? According to Jesus, within you. Within you. What does that mean? Where is that place of quiet rest? You're going to have to know, because I'm telling you, and it hurts my heart to say this, but I have to tell you the truth. You've been lied to. Many of you have been lied to. Every day is not a Friday. There is no great escape. There are some really challenging times ahead for the people of God. Well, for the whole world. But the people of God are going to have to find that place of quiet rest. And it's not running to some organization that the government can, will, and in some places did shut down. You know, there's church pastors going to jail now. Even in Canada, there's a church that's been shut down. They put the guy in jail. It's happening, people. It's not some conspiracy theory. 
it's happening. But that's another point. That has nothing to do with this. What we're beginning to see here is the spiritual evolution of bringing us back to our first love. Who is our first love? Our first love is our Savior. Our first love is that spirit that communes with us, that comforter. Jesus said when he left, he would send the comforter. Has he or has he not? If he has, where is that comforter? Where is that place of quiet rest? He said to labor to enter into your rest. We've been laboring. We've been laboring. We've been fighting. We've been working. We've been doing all these things. And now, now it's time to enter into our rest. There is a place of comfort, sweet, near to the heart of God. A place where we, our Savior, meet near to the heart of God. Is that true? Is there a place that we can meet our Savior? Is it talking about someday or is it talking about today? Is it talking about right now, right this second Is it talking about having access to the throne room of God? Let me tell you something. The religious people in this world have tried to convince us that we have to come through them or through their organization, to their altars, through their guru, through their spokesman, through their so-called prophets to get to God. But that's not what my Bible tells me. What my Bible tells me is that when Jesus Christ died, that temple veil that separated the normal person, the sinner, from the throne room of God was rent in twain. What does that mean? It means it was torn in two. And when it was torn in two, what did that mean? It means that it gave every Every single person, married people too, access to the very throne room of God. How can that be? How can it be that we're taught we have to go through all these other people? I want to tell you something. It's kind of hard to grasp. But there are two forces in this world, and only two. And people can say otherwise. They can believe what they want to, but it boils down to two forces, Christ and Antichrist. Everything that is Christ is Christ, and everything else is Antichrist. Anything that represents itself to you, to us, as a go-between between ourselves and God, except Jesus Christ himself is Antichrist. And that doesn't matter if it's your pope. It doesn't matter if it's your pastor. It doesn't matter if it's some teacher. It doesn't matter if it's some guru. It doesn't matter. Jesus Christ, you have access to him directly, directly into the throne room of God. I'm not here to convince you to join anything. I'm not here To lift myself up and exalt myself or some organization. I don't even have an organization. I'm as disorganized as you can get. But I am here to tell you. I am here to point you to the Christ. I'm here to point you to the Christ. The Jesus. 
your father, his kingdom within you. It's within you. He is within you. You have no any place else to go. If you want to rejoice, if you want to stand up and praise God, do it because he's with you right now. You don't have to go somewhere and listen to some cool music. You don't have to go to some concert. You don't have to go turn on the TV and listen to your favorite talking head. Your Savior is inside you. The kingdom of God is within you. Either that's true or Jesus lied. And if Jesus lied, he isn't Jesus. He can't be your Savior. So take it to the bank. The kingdom of God is within you. The throne room of God is within you. There is a place of full release. Near to the heart of God. A place where all is joy and peace. Near to the heart of God. You have to hear this. You have to receive this. It's an urgent message. It may sound kind of general. It may You may think, you know, this crazy old man is telling me something I've known all my life. Choose to believe whatever you want. But trying times are coming. Challenging times. We are going to be challenged. And we have to have that quiet place. That place of quiet rest. Where is the heart of God? Near to the heart of God. Well, where is the heart of God? The heart of God is where his kingdom is. Where is Jesus? On the right hand of the Father. I'm going to tell you something here that you will not be able you will not be able to receive. But I'm going to tell you anyway. But I'm only going to kind of ease into it because it's, it's, <laughs> it's hard to swallow. I can show you anatomically, physically, that the kingdom of God is in you, just like Jesus said. We are actually created in such a way that we can anatomically point out the figure, the figurehead, the exact, I don't want to get into too much detail here because you probably already think I'm crazy. But I can point out that the kingdom of God is physically, physically within us. It's not a religious cliche. It's not something people just like to hear. It's the truth. So here's my challenge. You know, I always kind of like to bring up a challenge here. Can you embrace this? Now, this might be more than you can handle, because here I'm, here's this, this old guy's telling you that God lives within you literally, not virtually, not some little chant that we do, not some little liturgical prayer, not some something we drink and something we eat and we pretend it's God. No, no. This guy, this guy right here, the truth ranger, Richard, is telling you. That God lives inside you, literally. It's not figuratively, it's not virtually. The kingdom of God is within you. Okay, here's the challenge. Prove me wrong. Here's what I want you to do. Prove me wrong. Send me some email if you want to. Tell me how wrong I am. It's truthradio at mail.com. Truthradio at mail.com. I'd like to get your emails. I'd like to have a dialogue with you beyond this because I'm I got a little carried away here. I'm shouting a little bit, but the urgency, the urgency is there 
the urgency of this message because I know, I don't believe it, I know that people are going to face some tragic times, perhaps tribulation if you want to use that word. And we're not prepared. We're not prepared because we haven't been prepared. We've been taught that every day is a Friday, but it's not. We've been taught that there's going to be some great escape. And any day now, we're going to be lifted up from the air so we won't have to suffer with all these other people down here. But there's tribulation already taking place amongst believers. Now, we don't see it so much here yet. Yet. But in other countries, it is tribulation, folks. It's downplayed. The media doesn't show it. But if you go through the voice of the martyrs, you go through other sources, people, it's there. It's happening. It's not a conspiracy theory. This is going on, and it's coming to your home. It's coming to your street. It's coming to your life. And my mission is to prepare you by showing you where you have to go. Where is the ark? Where is the ark? Where is your safety? Where is it? Where is the kingdom of God? Now before you dismiss me completely, my parting request here is that you would take all your doubts and pray about it. Ask God to show you the truth or the lie that I'm sharing here. Open your scripture. Open your heart. Close your eyes and ask God to prove to you that his kingdom is within you, just like his son said it, said it was. Is Jesus a liar? I want to share something else with you real quickly here. I didn't mean to carry on so long. What do you have to do to be saved? Different religions will tell you you have to do this, you have to do that. You have to repent. You have to do this, you have to do that. I want to share something with you. Jesus Christ died on a cross. He had two thieves who died beside him. One of them believed. And that one received. He believed and he received. He died, and Jesus died. And Jesus said to him, Behold, you will be with me in my kingdom. Behold. He didn't say, Go pay back what you've stolen. Nope. He didn't say, Hey, wait a minute. He didn't call to the centurion and say, Hey, we got to get this guy off the cross because he has to be baptized or he can't be saved. He didn't say that. He said, you will be with me in paradise. That's what he's saying to you right now. You will be with me in paradise. That paradise is within you. That kingdom is within you. You don't have to go outside. There's not going to be an outside. Here's the reason this message is so urgent. Because I am afraid, and I hope I'm wrong. But I fear and I believe that there isn't going to be an outside to go to. If your eyes are open at all, you're beginning to see the attack on Christians, upon believers. 
you're, you're beginning to see how antichrist religions are kind of hands off. But your church is being scrutinized, it's being shut down, it's being controlled by the government. You've got to see it for what it is. We can pretend it doesn't exist. We can try to pretend there's going to be some great escape. But wouldn't the devil love you to believe that? Wouldn't he? Wouldn't the enemy love to see you unprepared? I'm here to try to prepare you. You can blow me off. You can shut me off. You cannot believe me. But take it to the Lord. Pray and let him prove me wrong, okay? Hey, this is Richard. I call myself the Truth Ranger. I love you. I love you. I have no accusations. I have no prosecutions. I have nothing to tell you to change. All I'm asking you to do is seek out that kingdom because it's there. It's inside. There will be no outside to go to. There won't be any little organization for you to run to once a week or two or three times a week to feel the presence of God. You'll feel the presence of God where God is in that kingdom, and that kingdom is within you. The temple veil was rent in twain, allowing you, allowing you, no matter who you are, quit judging yourself. You're not bigger than God. You're not bigger than the grace of God. You're not bigger than the unconditional love of God. You're not. You're not bigger than Jesus Christ who died on the cross and shed his blood for you. You're not bigger than him. Your sin, no matter how great you might think it is, is nothing. It's been dealt with. You don't have to be saved. No, I can't believe you said that. You don't have to be saved. It's already taken place. Jesus has already died once and for all. i got a squeaky chair situation going here. I guess I need to get some holy oil and pour on it. Folks, I hope you got something out of this. I hope I wasn't overbearing, but you just don't know the urgency in my heart. And it's coming from the Lord. I'm not doing this for some kind of glorification because most people don't listen, or if they do listen, they just get, they laugh at me or get mad at me. I'm certainly not in it for the money because I don't take anybody's money. Even if they send it, I will take it. Of course, I don't send it either. I'm here because the Lord overflows into my heart and I feel the urgency I feel the urgency of this message alright God bless remember the email address truthradioatmail.com this is Richard your truth ranger on duty God bless until we can share again Great escape. It's later than you think. Be prepared.